so basically the the night before the storm was on its way out of Tampa and uh it had made its way like through um New Orleans and it, it hit us and it hit us pretty much all what was that Thursday? No, it was Wednesday, like Wednesday. It was pretty raining pretty hard. I, I wish I would have taken a video of me like standing in the middle of the storm outside, just the rain just pounding on top of me. Um, but um, so it grounded all flights going to Tampa that night, and I get an alert alert at like 11.30 p.m. Alert! Saying that our uh, – alert! Alert! <laughs> Paul Blart, alert cop. Um, oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> um, and – our flight had been delayed six hours or something like that. And the next morning we wake up and it's delayed like another like few hours. And we see that the storm had Ida had made its way up to New York and it had flooded JFK airport. And our plane, our particular plane was coming from JFK airport. So it wasn't able to take off. Um, so uh, that stalled it a few more hours. Um, we get to the airport and we check in. We get there at like one o'clock. The plane is supposed to take off. This is with all the delays already. It's supposed to take off at three o'clock. When we get there, the plane lands. It finally takes off in New York and it lands in Tampa. And there's a mechanical issue with it. Like it's something with the filters. And because of the COVID laws, you have to have like a certain amount of filters that are functional in the airplane for it to, to take off again. And they don't have a part at the airport. They have to get it flown in from Atlanta. So it delays it like another two hours because we have to wait for this part to come all the way from Atlanta. It just was a fucking mess after a mess. And I didn't even end up landing in 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 uh, in, uh, in L.A. till like 930 or something like that. It was brutal. So if, if we were even going to pod that night, I would have just been a absolute like barely awake. Would have been awful. Here comes the story but- of the hurricane. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> well, I saw Shang Chi that la- that night, and it was fucking tight. Yeah, I need to go see that. Really? It's got ninety two percent, dude. Ninety two percent of Rotten Tomatoes. That's pretty not normal for a, a, a superhero movie. It was real. It was it was really good. And I'm yeah. I usually will with more like you know I'm a huge Marvel fan, but I'm also a uh critical person and i came out of that and i'm like i i generally like love that movie it was really really good i hate aquafina though really i hate her oh hate man her. i love her hate her hate her hate her with the passion and everything she does she's just annoying to me she's not funny she's like oh wow i don't know why i do this all oh, this crazy oh, wow wow She's like Owen Wilson, but a female version. It's like she's wait, do you not like Owen Wilson? No, I do, but not a female version of it. You've seen Crazy like Rich Asians right? after it. Yeah, I hated her in that movie. She was like the worst part of it. But do you like that movie? It's okay. Like it's fine. Like I get it. I you know I I get the whole like the whole thing about it, but it's okay. Anyways, what welcome to the like Aquafina about- hate hour. What did you like about it? I love that movie. Look, sometimes you, you just want to, you just look. What did you love about it? I want to know what you loved about it. Like, what about that movie, like, you particularly just caught you that you love it so much you're willing to defend it on this podcast? Um, look, I'll give, you, I, I'll, give you, I'll give you two minutes. 
and then our, our audience is probably going to get annoyed by this. Yes, I'm always one for, hey, look, rom-coms, throw them at me, man. Um, yep. I believe in communism, rom-communism, as Ted Lasso once said. Uh, I thought it was a very, like, the the vibrance of how the movie was shot, I thought was, like, real. it was just very fun between, like, how Singapore was, like, its own character, seeing, like, the fashion in the movie, seeing, like, the set pieces in the movie, especially, like, the wedding scene. I'm like, that was, I loved it. And look, man, I'm a, I'm a cheese at, at, at the end of the day. And, like, just how the movie ended and all that. I loved it. It's, like, I, I generally, like, love that movie. And mm. um, that's just my two cents. I don't know what else I can say onto it. It really, it just makes me want to go Singapore. Um, but speaking of rom-coms, we'll finish this conversation right here. After we talked about Adam Sandler movies, literally two nights later, we watched Wedding Singer. Still holds up. Anyways, welcome to the Town Gale Tailgate. First time back in two weeks. Hello, everybody. We promise this is a baseball podcast, not a movie podcast. Yes. Even though I felt like I probably watched more baseball, more uh, movies in this last week than A's baseball because it's been torture. Well, because, yeah, you have to watch a good rom-com in order to, like, get your mood back, like, happy and for the fucking insane disappointment you just had to watch for three hours. Ugh. Although tonight was the exception, not the rule. Ah. Tonight was pretty satisfying. Yeah, it's good times. Anyways, we got, we got a lot to talk about for this week. Uh, the big three. We got history. All Wait, over. hold on, Julio. Well, Don't forget to follow us on ah, Twitter at Tailgate. Don't forget to uh, follow Around the Diamond. We are part of the Around the Diamond Podcast Network. Um, you can follow us on Twitter. I don't remember our handles at exactly what they are, but got to do the you got to do the opening plug, Julio. Normally, that's, do that that's something that you you blame me for. Also, hey, congrats, uh, Around the Diamond. They just got thousand followers on Twitter. So shout out to our boys. Let's get it. Uh, but anyways, lots to talk about. Uh, we have a few uh, record-breaking things we want to talk about. Salvi Perez is a very like underrated story of the year. Uh, we have a new members of the Cooperstown Hall of Fame and, of course, the uh, Los Gigantes Adoyer series. Plus, we got some A's news. Billy Bean might be leaving again. Oh, God. This, we talked about this before. I don't believe those rumors anymore, but we'll get into that. Uh, he, he pucked up too much, and I was getting sent down, as well as some other A stories. And plus, this week's segment, we're going to be talking about the wild, wild ale wild card. Talk about who are the contenders, strength of schedule, and what we really think is going to happen at the end. But Does anyone really want to win this wild card? Does anyone really want to do it? That's the question that we're going to try to answer, folks. Yep, we got a lot to talk about. But first, Salvi is on pace to break the single season home run record set by a catcher. Uh, the Kansas City Royals do not have a lot to play for this season. Uh, I believe they're, I don't have the standings in front of me, but they're third place in a pretty mediocre AL Central. But Salvador Perez is somebody who. I think we've both really love over his whole career. And this year he's showing why I, when he retires, he's, he's going to be in Cooperstown. He has 42 home runs right now, which is one away from the most home runs by a catcher. Javi Lopez did hit 43 in 2003, but the most home runs uh, by a primary catcher is 45 by Johnny Bench, but only 38 of those home runs came as a catcher, which complicates things but chris dude how awesome is this hold on does that complicate things that's being a little bit too specific in my opinion that's like like mike piazza like like 
I mean, what, what's he at? He's got to he's got to be around. I don't think he hit quite hit forty, but he's got to be around the mid thirties range. And he maybe played a quarter of his games at. Actually, no, he played in. He played in uh in not DH. He played in fucking. He played the, the NL League, his so. career besides with the A's. Yeah. Uh, he uh, had so, two I mean, seasons where he hit forty. Honestly, semantics. That's bullshit. Like, what? What do we? What do we get into here? Uh, what was your original question? Salvador Perez, what? Um, just yeah, you know, just initial thoughts, man. And the fact, I think that threw me off the most is when we were talking about this earlier texting, and you're like, he's 31. <laughs> he's younger than Buster Posey, dude. He's younger than me. I never, I never would have, I never would have thought that he was younger than Buster Posey. When I think of like. When I think of the catchers of – so we – I'm glad that we discussed this earlier. So me and Julio were kind of like debating earlier today. Um, I said Salvador Perez and Buster Posey's are Buster Posey are the catchers of this generation, which is like our generation. And he said Yadier Merlin. And I said, well, Yadier is kind of like the generation before. And I feel like Joe Maurer is that generation. It's like Joe Maurer and Yadier Merlin was that before. Decade is a better word for it. So Yachty and, and Joe Maurer were the catchers of the 2000s decade, I would say. 2010s, maybe mid-2010s, you could argue for them. 2010s are definitely Salvador Perez and Buster Posey. It feels like Buster Posey's been or, I mean, not Buster, but it feels like Salvador Perez has been around for so fuck, fucking long. And he seems so old because he's just so mature. And he's always kind of been mature during their World Series run in 2014. He felt, or 2015, sorry. He felt very like mature, like he had been there for a few years. But I mean, we're wrong. He's in his like early twenties during that time, and I, he, I don't know. It's it's just kind of crazy to think about it this way. This guy is thirty one. He probably has six more years at the catcher position, maybe eight to nine more years in, as a career in in Major League Baseball. That's fucking wild to think about. And we talked about this right before we came on air, Leo. This is the hands down the most home runs he's ever hit in a season. Like it's not even close. Before that, the most he ever hit was 27. What year was that again? Uh, I believe it was 2018. Yes, 2018. 2018. That wasn't that long ago. But 27 home runs, I mean, like, to go to, to go to now 42, potentially, I mean, probably more than that. That's unfucking believable And let me ask you this, Julio, before you just real quick answers before you hop into your thoughts about it. If he plays for the Red Sox or the Yankees or the Mets, is he not hands down the MVP of the season? Ooh, that I love that. I love he, that question. Like he's already kind of in consideration, but is he not hands down? Because he's also a defensive stud. He's probably going to win the Gold Glove. Ooh, that's tough. That's tough because if like, it's really not. I feel like it's an obvious yes. One, those are winning teams, and two, they're East Coast bias teams that people deep throat regularly. You know, I hate to say this too. I don't think the more that I've kind of thought about it and kind of seeing how, like, when I initially, like, said, "Hey, we should talk about this," um, he might not even finish in top three votes. It's probably going to yeah. be like Marcus might get ahead of him, man. Even though I Which totally is, believe he should, no, yeah, I think I don't think he's gonna win at the end of the day. I still think like Otani's fucking crazy, um, and like Vladdy, just seeing how insane and how sustained he's been this whole entire year, they both deserve it over Salvi. But 
God, that's tough. I still wouldn't. I, okay, I wouldn't do it over Otani, but I would do it over Vladdy. Shohei plays for a shitty team too, though. So, like, why are we giving him the exception? And I know the reason why, but I'm just I'm, I'm being that, like, that's yeah, know. that's just the reason why. Just, hey, look, if, if Otani, why are we giving pick... him the exception but not Salvador Perez? It's because Otani does it on both sides of the ball, obviously. And also, but... like Otani's a lethal base dealer now too, but um, he's a lethal everything doer. That's yeah, what that's, he yeah, is. Not wrong. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure if you give yeah. him a week out on the field, he'll turn into a gold glover. But uh, yeah. shit, I think honestly, you, I think you would be right. Um. If he's in the NL, he wins it, right? Oh, yeah. Yep. If yep, he's yep, the yep. catcher of the Dodgers or if he's the catcher of the Mets or if he's the catcher of even the Phillies, he wins it, in my opinion. Yeah, because who's the well, – well, I think uh, one of the things we want to do in a couple weeks is when we get close to season is do our end-of-season award. Um, yeah. But, how, dude, yeah, if he was in the National League, I think he would, he would win it. But I also have to say – if he was in the National League, he wouldn't be playing as much because he doesn't have the caveat of just DHing when he needs to. He wouldn't be playing as much. No, be, much yeah. Has so, um, on the MLB, like the site that we have for the link for it, uh, twenty-eight of his of his forty-two home runs came as a D, uh, the primary catcher. So he would DH and then. That's still more than his season total before the season. Just saying. Dude, freaking Javi Lopez though, forty-two of his forty-three home runs is him catching. So we can both say confidently, confidently though, uh, Salvi's going to the Hall of Fame, right? I I don't. Do we have to debate this? <laughs> like, I mean, yes. So Chris, oh, there's still really people up. down he's played here. Played hundred. He's okay. played hundred and nine games at catcher, only thirty games at DH. That's about normal. That's about your normal home. That's about your normal splits. For a na- for any catcher, because the National League catcher, instead of, I guess he would lose some at bats in that point. Um, all right, yeah, okay, touche. Anyway, I was gonna sorry, say, Chris, there's still people down where we live who don't think Buster Posey's gonna be a Hall of Famer. So who are those people? Idiots. They're like it. So there's probably gonna be they're some not people allowed like, to talk about. They're not allowed to talk about baseball anymore. It's no, just, that's that's the rule. Yeah, it's, that's the rule. Yeah, I was like, don't talk to me about baseball. Yeah, uh, even before this season, Fuck off. I'm one like, one dude, he could retire right now, and he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. He like yeah. he, this, God, this three World Series, one MVP, uh, five plus time All Star, two two or three time Gold Glover, and we don't need to get into that. They're stupid. Anyway, um, what were you saying? I, I interrupted you again. Oh no, that was just it. just just that just that people are are stupid and they don't they they think that Buster Posey's not uh, a, a Hall of Famer. So they think that Sal they're they could potentially make the argument that Salvi's not a Hall of Famer. Is that what you're trying to say? Pretty much. Hey, speaking of people, uh, stupid people not saying somebody deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Let's talk about this week's the Hall of Fame induction ceremony, where uh, we had a couple of players who were, or a couple of people who were elected a part of the. Veteran committee, committee, one was Marvin Miller, who was the labor leader for MLB during the 1966-1982 years, where he became pretty much the face of what modern-day player negotiations became. He was kind of the founder of free agency, and baseball wouldn't be without where he's at. Now, uh, Ted Simmons, who was a switching catcher from the Brewers and the Cardinals, uh, it was pretty interesting. I was kind of reading up about him. We don't really have to say too much about him. Just congrats. Uh, but they said that, like, 
the, what kind of pushed him over the top recently was a lot of the saver metrics behind his numbers. Like, yo, we kind of undervalued this guy in his prime. We should put him in now, so aggress him. But was the, he a veteran committee vote in? Yes, job, veteran committee. Uh, but the two main guys for this year, Chris. We talked about this in an earlier podcast, but uh, Larry Walker is in his tenth and final year of election. He finally gets in. Kudos, kudos. But the headliner uh, in his first year of eligibility is Derek Jeter. Could have been unanimous, but missed by one vote. Um, yeah, whoever that one vote is, fuck that guy. So I, or girl, I, I want to just say this off the top of the head because I feel like we're having, having hearing so much Jeter backlash over the last week as anticipation of this day. Was Derek Jeter the best shortstop of his generation? Maybe. Is Cal Ripken in this generation? See, that's the thing. He's played for so long. You're like, okay, you got Cal Ripken. Cal Ripken, you got A-Rod. I would, you got, I'd I put would A-Rod over Ripken. him, to be honest with you. Yeah, but A-Rod took steroids, so I can't accept that. Uh, as a rule of, you know, I'm my stance yes. on steroids, so I, I got to stick to that. Was he Cal Ripken? I would I would argue is the generation before. Yeah, though. yeah, agreed. Was yeah. he the best player? Um, was he ever the best player in the league throughout his time? No, no. Was he the best winner throughout that whole time and came through every single time? Fuck yes. Yeah. yeah. So I'm just I'm I feel bad for. Uh, not really. They deserve it. Uh, the Schlatters and the rest of these Yankee fans are like, people disrespect Derek Jeter. I'm like, one, don't listen to these people. They're stupid. But two, like, anybody... Are people really disrespecting Derek Jeter? Yes, people still want to disrespect him. And it's like, look, man, like, there's nobody... Like, how many people can perform at that high of a level in that big of a stage and the biggest city in the world consistently for almost 20 years like he did? It's like, come Mm. on, man. (laughs) <laughs> and step up in all these big moments, like I mean, he got the nickname Mister Mister November, the captain. Um, like, come, it's so stupid. Yeah. But it, are so, you are you let, kind of in the same boat as me, where it's like um, when we've t- kind of talked about the players we've hated in yesteryears, now you've kind of softened up over the years, and your like I, your opinions change on them. Like, I mean, I'm assuming we're in the same boat. Like, you probably hated Derek Jeter, but then as no, you, no, I never, I never really hated Derek Jeter. I, really, I, I just, yeah. I resented him, but I wouldn't say that I hated him. Like I, I, he, it wasn't like, fuck that guy. Like fuck him. I hope he fucking gets hurt in this playoff series. Like you know, it was just kind of like, oh fucking, this dude's doing this to us again. Come on. Like, well, here's a, my difference between my fandom with the A's and my fandom with like other teams, like the Raiders, for example, is like, I, I, I blame their shortcomings mostly on them than I do the other team. It's not it, like that's. Yeah, it's just it, yeah, it's just different. Um, let me ask you this though. So you're you versed enough in baseball history, you know you know your history a little bit, not as much as me, but you you you're you're you like to pay attention. Wow, to wow, look history. at that, look at that. <laughs> I mean, anyways, go on, I, go I would, on. I mean, anybody could be versed in baseball history if you just watch Ken Burns' documentary. That let, I'll, I'll say that. As somebody like who just crazy, watched Ratatouille like, the other expertise. day, anyone can cook. Exactly. Um, but uh, where does he rank on your all-time like shortstop list? Is he in your top five? He's not ahead of Bobby Crosby. <laughs> um, ah, shit. Pro- ah! 
of my lifetime for sure. I, I, yeah. I, I like I don't see why you like the only guys I would put ahead of him would be like Cal Ripken and like A Rod. It's just that the biggest thing really? with him A-Rod, is just like sustainability, dude. I was just like he was a three time, three ten hitter all time. Um, yeah. I don't like is he? He's probably yeah. He's easily <clears throat> like a top five, top ten catchers ever. But um, statistically, there were other guys who were better than he was throughout his time. Like just Cal, like I think Cal was like a two time MVP winner. If Derek Jeter yeah, won an MVP Cal's at my, one point, I think he would have. Cal's my number one, and Cal more or less. I mean that that Orioles team in '83 was really good, but he kind of carried that team. He pretty much like put the team on his back. Cal's my number one. Honus Wagner's my number two. Um, he's the only reason why he's not number one is because he played in a league that didn't have black people. Um, but I'm I'm just I think every Yankee fan would say Jeter's one, and I think that they would be extremely uninformed to say that just saying so i just did a quick little search for the best short stops ever espn has jeter at five cal at four ernie banks yeah ernie banks ernie banks yeah. definitely um he never won a world series though i i get that that's like different for baseball but that's tough for me um a rod was two yeah he's not in mine and then Hollis is one uh yeah, I'd agree, I'd agree with that list. Ozzy Smith. If is we're looking list six. at just stats and we're not looking into those stats and into like the particulars of it, then Honus is one because you go like go like for listeners go look Honus Wagner, look at his stats um, uh, on Baseball Reference. It's he's hands down yeah. stat wise the best. Thirty four hundred career hits. Thirty four twenty. He. Yeah, he's he's insane. Um, but he played in a league that had no black people in it. So like, and when there was it, only really what hard. ten teams. Yeah, it's hard to really back that up a little bit if you know your your stuff. Whereas Cal Ripken came into a league, he came into a league that was stacked and that was at the top of its game. It was the biggest sport in all of the country. Everyone was coked um, out. Everyone was coked out. Steroid, and then towards the middle of his 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 run in in the league, steroids started coming around. He's still playing. He's still playing every day. He's still playing really well it's just like that's why he's my my and he played for the fucking orioles and they had nobody for like the longest time and for him the huge late 90s like run of these great shortstops of like jeter and nomar and a-rod and all those guys barry larkin all their inspiration was cal so like it all they were like all those guys favorite players back in the day was cal ripken just a horse yeah uh before we move on though we never really talk about larry walker um, we did not, dude. I saw videos of him today. He was hella skinny when he first came to the to the Rockies. Like he was like fucking thin, and then he, and you know, the last couple of years of his career. Yeah, dude, bombing. It's bombing it's crazy because I feel like when I think of him, uh, I think of those Cardinals teams more than anything because that's when like I started religiously watching baseball. So like I feel like I really didn't yeah. get to see the prime of him, but like always knew the name because like every time we'd watch the all-star game as a kid he was always there he's always there and just um it just he seems like probably the most underrated player of that era and there was actually a pretty dope clip of dusty baker they were talking to him uh like the pregame yesterday and he was like outside of barry bonds and that throughout my coaching career he's like larry walker he's like that was a bad man he's like and i don't say that about everybody 
So, like, if Dusty Baker is telling you, like, yeah, that guy was on some shit throughout his career. The thing is, he's involved in those steroid rumors, too. So, it's like, I don't... You Blair know. Walker was? Yeah. Yeah, he was. Um. Anyway. Uh, if you guys are fans of home run derbies, they say the greatest, which in my opinion, I agree, the greatest home run derby ever that performed um, um, and ever to watch is the 1998, no, 1997 home run derby. Is that the one at Coors? Um, yeah, the one at Coors. Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, Larry Walker. Uh, I'm totally blanking. There was like three more players that were just big, just fucking bashers. Um, and it's so, just so much fun. It just like they have seats in Coors Field. I don't know if they still do, but at that time they did. They are like orange and they are exactly a mile high. And several of the people involved in that home run derby hit those those seats. It was just it's fucking awesome. I would rec- recommend checking it out. I'm sure it's on YouTube or something like that. I'm trying to Google and see if those orange seats are still there. Oh, they're purple. I think they are. They're purple. Oh, they're purple. Yeah, I think yeah. they are. I'm pretty sure. Like, that's a pretty big novelty. Like, they're ex- expensive to even sit in those seats. They're terrible seats, but it's just, like, the novelty of sitting there, you know. All right. Julio, last but not least for the big three. Pretty intense um, series between the Gi- Giants and Dodgers this weekend. Um, more or less, the winner was going to be um, the leader in the NL West um, three-game series. Last series of the uh, of the season for those teams, so really um, the best chance to try and uh, get one up on the other team. Giants came away two games to one, um, and the Giants uh, sealed that with uh, 90 wins. First team to 90 wins. Uh, or no, that was yesterday. Sorry. That was today, yeah. Well, yeah, either way, they're the first team. Yeah, yeah. So the first team to 90 wins are the best team in baseball currently right now. Um, Yeah. I mean, I didn't see this giant season coming at all. I saw saw a stat that the Giants, Rays, Mariners, and then I want to say the Brewers, could be wrong already passed their preseason projected win total. So congrats to the four of you. Damn, uh, we should have made some bets because we fucking liked all of those teams in our predictions, Julio. Oh, we should have played some futures. We should have, we could have parlayed all those and made so much money. I, we'd have to, we'd have to look up what the preseason total was going to be, but yeah, no, yeah, we, we did like all but those we teams. We were, dude, we were so teams, high on the brewers. We liked all of those teams. We're the, we're like the hipster brewers there. Like, we were yeah, high we on that from the get-go. At the end of it, we're like, oh, yeah, they're going to win this division for sure. Yeah. Um, but crazy. So, I don't know if you got a chance. I knew you were out of town this past weekend, or I feel like every weekend you're out of town now right now. But Dude, um, I got weddings galore. Anyway, keep going. Uh, game one was wild. They went to extra innings, 1-1. Yeah. And I watched that game. That game was so much fun. That was crazy. Giants win it in extra innings because uh, Trey Turner kind of has a ball that I think every other – First baseman would have caught, but Will Smith was took over for first base duties during that time, and his foot pulled uh, off the bag. Yeah, low scoring game too. Low scoring game. Yeah, so they yeah. won that. Giants or the uh, Dodgers won the second game in the series, yeah, six to one. And then um, the Giants on Sunday Night Baseball took six runs off of Walker Bueller, who like that's mm-hmm. his first loss in. 
Oh god, I have to pull up the numbers in front of me. And yeah, that's I think that's his first loss against the Giants. Wow. First Damn. time he's given up more than five runs in a start since 2019. Yeah. So holy shit, Dude. I I don't know what else to say about the Giants anymore. The baseball is better when the Giants and Dodgers are good. It's simple Facts. as that. Baseball's better when the Giants Dodgers are good. When the Yankees and Red Sox are good, baseball's just fucking better. It's simple as that. No other discussion needed. And it was a fun series to watch. Uh, I went to a. I was in town this weekend. We went to the bar down the street by my house. Uh, me and a couple friends to watch the Giants Dodger game, and we were on the edge of our seat the entire time. It was great. I was rooting for the Dodgers. They were for the Giants. It's neither here nor there, but just saying. Um, yeah, they were all pissed off cause I was rooting for the giants, but you know what? They can suck a dick. At, um, <laughs> at this point, what do you think is going to be a flaw with this team? Because it's starting, it's showing time and time again. It's like starting pitching. You still think it's the starters. Well, their, their offense has really dug them out of a lot of, a lot of, a lot of games in the past two months. Um, and I was telling my friends this weekend and they actually agreed um, when it comes to playoff baseball, it's about your starting pitching. Well, it was about your bullpen a couple years ago. It's still kind of about your bullpen, but now it's gone back to it's more about your starting pitching. And if they can hold up, because in the playoffs, there's a lot of testosterone, there's a lot of momentum, there's a lot of just emotions running wild. So it's not as calm as, as the regular season. So when you're down by two runs in the seventh inning, you're not quite like, yeah, you know, we can kind of, like, dig our way out of this. Like, no, like, anything can happen. Playoff baseball is just different. I don't know how to explain it. And I – if – Gaussman's great. He's been one of the best pitchers in the NL in, the, in this season. But he's been not good this past month and a half. Look at his ERA. It's not good. It's not great. It's not bad. I mean, it's bad, but it's not, like – it's not end of the world. Anyway. And that's like really their best pitcher and most reliable pitcher. Like none of those other guys are reliable. It's just I, I would I yeah. The name in the game in playoff baseball. I mean, it's always kind of been starting pitching. Bullpen did take over a little bit more of that prominence, um, you know, in the the early two thousand tens, but like or mid two thousand tens. But like, dude, yeah, you need you need starters to get you through these games and eat up innings. And that's why. Uh... I think our boys in Milwaukee are going to be the team representing the NL at the end of this. Because oh, they, the got, Dodgers, they really. got both. And the both they have are disgusting. That's true. The Dodgers don't have bullpen. And I will and I'm I'm ready to move on after this, but I just wanted to say one last thing. Um and for a case for the Brewers, Christian Yelich is batting three twenty one his last thirty games. That and like if that's the one guy We should have bet on them, Julio. <laughs> Anyways, Ace News. All right, let's get talk about some sad stuff. Billy Bean. So, uh, let's chalk this in the rumor mill, the rumor pile. I feel like every year for the last three, four years, we've kind of heard these talks. But uh, there was a story that came out earlier this week uh, by Bill Madden, who works for the New York Daily News. About was he related to Joel Madden? Uh, no, he's... Re- He's related to Joel Madden from Good Charlotte. It's, I said Joel Madden. Oh, that's actually Joel Madden. Joel, there's our sons, Joel, Joel, and John. John. 
jo- Joel. You mean jo- you? You thought I meant John? Met no Joel Madden. <laughs> no. And then I was gonna be like Joel. Joel. Is he, is he, re- is he related to uh, Benji Madden? Benji. Uh, there you go. Thing. Anyways, uh, he wrote a story that just making the case for Billy Bean for the Mets, uh, and really, it. I don't think there was any real um, trajectory to it, but the thing that's really kind of getting a lot of talk going on is that in the piece that the rumors are Billy's ready to leave because ownership's unwillingness to put any movement towards Marcus is kind of what put him over the top. Mm-hmm. Now, who knows? We, uh, we thought for sure he was going to be gone this past year, taking over part of Red Sox ownership. That didn't go through. Uh, and it seems like he's... Look, he's we, we, we had the poll earlier. We'll talk about it later. But like the guy doesn't have much else to prove in terms of baseball standards. And mm-hmm. just the one thing he really needs is a ring. Uh, so the Mets? If he, went to the Mets a, it would, okay. if he went to the Mets, it would be a demotion. Because his his mentor Sandy Alderson is the VP of baseball oper- or president of baseball operations there, so he would have to go back to general manager if he did that. Do I see Billy Bean doing that? No. Um, also, he owns part of the Oakland A's. That's always going to keep him here until he buys more of a piece of another team. So if Steve Cohen's willing to sell him a bigger piece of the Mets than he has of the piece of the A's, then yeah. Um, if I was Billy Bean, I would have left fucking three years ago. Seriously, like, I don't know what's keeping him here other than just owning a piece of the team. Like, if he leaves, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to hate him. I'm going to be like, dude, like, I can't believe you're still here. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like, it all goes back to fuck John Fisher. Like, that's my feeling towards it. You see him sitting, like, behind home plate recently, these last couple of games, wearing a stupid camouflage hat. Stupid little no, camouflage ace hat. But I could I couldn't fucking give two shits if he's sitting back there or not. I, I think this is smoke. I don't think you kind of you brought up a point I really didn't think about, which was like he has a, a portion of ownership in the A's. Which other organization is going to give him that much leverage with all that power to bring them in to help them win a title? Now does, the Red Sox, his ownership group was going to buy it. That's the only reason why he Now, does do the it. attractiveness of kind of bringing in his people, even if it is a lesser role, into the Mets and kind of drive that team over the top, uh, is that like a really attractive thing? Hell yes, it is. Why wouldn't you think about that? Or any organization that's willing to be like, hey, we'll spend all this money for you and we'll give you X portion of like this role you just won't get ownership it's like it's really at this point what does he want does he really well, want know, a title then you're, then you're trying to convince uh, like everybody so you, that means you're convincing david force to go back to assistant gm to go down there you're you're trying to convince eric well, Kubota to move across the country to to the mets you're trying to convince bob melvin to move across the country to go no no go no no, no, no. i'm not like, saying I'm not saying anybody in the Oakland organization. As far as being like, dude, that guy has been a part of this of baseball like front office for 25 years now. I'm sure yeah. he's got people all over the place that we don't like. It's, it's like it's like the entertainment business, man. It's all networking. You, he yeah, probably has yeah, people yeah. we don't even know about that he's like, oh yeah, I've been talking to this guy for X amount of years, and I told him whenever I go, you're gonna come with me, kind of thing. Maybe Paul De Podesta will uh, leave football and come back to baseball. And is he still with Cleveland? 
Yeah, I think he's still with. I think he's still with the Browns. No, was he with the Browns? No, he wasn't with the Browns. Uh, he he was with the Browns. He was with the Browns. He's okay. still there. And well, look and look at the Browns. Jonah now. Hill, return. And look at the Browns now, man. Um, yeah. I think this is smoke, though. I don't think he's. It, it doesn't make sense. I think it's just an article for a a boring Mets writer to write. I think just. They found Javi Bias's earring and then decided we need some other controversy. Yeah. All right, let's go pick on the small market team or the small team. Anyways, uh, next, uh, he pucked up so hard he got sent down to the minor leagues. That's right. Oh, AJ you? Puck, after, uh, honestly, after a pretty nice couple outings, uh, has really fallen off a cliff. He's in his 15 appearances. <clears throat> he has a 7-11 and not in a good way. ERA, uh, he's been with... Tagged seven blown saves, seven losses. Um, and because of that, he has been sent down to AAA Las Vegas. In his place will be Miguel Romero. Uh, he This is going to be first time up in the majors, so congrats to him. We don't have a ton of information about him at the moment. Um, he hasn't been great in AAA. Uh, he has a 640 ERA on the year, 53 strikeout, or 54 strikeouts in 71 and a two-thirds innings. 32 walks, 14 Ks. Uh, his ERA outside of Vegas is 549, but in Vegas is 570. So it just shows like, hey, this guy was being so shitty. You'd rather take a chance than somebody else. In the, the I don't think it's that. I think that um, AJ Puck's been pretty overused the past week and a half um, on top of him sucking. But, you know, he's been overused the past week and a half. And um, they used, they've been using a lot of their long relievers recently because their starters can't go long. So they used both Dalton Jeffries and AJ Puck last night because AJ Puck got into trouble, gave up some runs. So they had to bring in Dalton, which they probably should have brought in Dalton in the first place. I'm not going to get into that, but anyway. Um, so they need another long reliever um, immediately, just in case that happens again. I think that's really what it is. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see AJ Puck back up next week or the following week. I just think that they need availability right now because their bullpen is exhausted because they keep getting into these situations and they keep i mean they keep blowing it but like just the besides basically besides frankie their starters haven't gone very long and they're really overworking them i hope you're right i hope that um there might be a couple mechanical things they're seeing wrong with him and like his last few outings, and there's like, hey, we're sending in Vegas, figured out, we're bringing you back up in two weeks. Because if not, the lefty reliever market was like pretty hot during the time he was in the majors. Because like yeah. Sean Doolittle was available. He went to Seattle. What if he had been good? You know, who knows? But, you know, kick the tires. Uh, Brad Hand was available. Yeah, Brad Hand. Would he, would he have been good? You know, who knows kind of thing. But it, I think the two things, like, hey, they both are experienced veterans. They've both been a part of winning teams. And uh, it would have been nice to have that additional lefty arm back there. On the bright side today, it was only um, Chafin and – why am I blanking? You said his name earlier. Frankie. Frankie. Oh, no. Did it go straight from Frankie to Chafin? Didn't someone yeah, dude. Frankie went seven. Okay. And then Perfect. 
So so you rest Sergio, like the guys that you really need and you trust at the end of the, the, the bullpen. So so Chafin probably gets a couple days off because he went long today. But you could tell there was a little there was a shot on the broadcast of Bob Melvin talking to Chafin as soon as he came off. He's like, Can you go another or do you do you want to go another one? He's like, Hell yeah, let's go another one. He probably probably had the conversation like, Hey, we need to rest guys. Like like Sergio needs some rest, maybe you can do it. Um so gave Sergio a day off, gave Petit a day off. Um, gave as much as we all hate Lou, Lou a day off. So I think that'll help us in the long run, especially um, this upcoming schedule, because we have some relief coming and we need to take advantage of it. Lou went from Lou to Lou. It's more like Lou. Lou. I just realized, well, we'll t- I'll bring this up a little bit later. Uh, any other talking points you want with this? But uh, yeah, I hope you're right. I'll say that. I hope no, this we'll is... talk about it more. Cool. Next, next, uh, uh, next thing, we're not going to take talk too much about it, but uh, former Oakland great Frank Schwindel is killing it with the Cubs right Shut now. Shut the fuck up, Julio. You want to talk about this? In so the bad. last month, he's batting three seventy five with nine home runs as a member of the Cubs. He was named the NL Player of the Week. Oh, I'm just gonna listen, say. folks. Julio is worried that this is going to be another Max Muncy. That's why I, he wants to talk about this on here. He's freaking out. I'm not concerned that this is going to be a next. Max Muncy because I think that's a very like one off thing like yo you fucked up major that's with the this exception one. not the rule yes thank you but I'm saying like do you, could you have seen a world where like if he would have gotten more at bats because remember dude his first at bat he had a home run as an A do you see a world where if they just gave him like full time DH and occasional playing first like could you have seen this productivity out of him or do you think it's more of the because chicago is so depleted he's just playing every day and he's getting the most out of the opportunities it's because chicago's so depleted and he's playing every day dude's 29 years old he's a journeyman minor leaguer like let's be real you know what so i mean Justin like, Turner. look look okay look i good for him We'll see what he does next year. I think that's the only way we can really equivalent this. You know what I mean? Um, and and I, I look. I mean, has Seth Brown been like uh, uh, much better? No. Has Chad Pinder been much better? Better? No. But do I do I trust them more than Frank Schwindel? Yes. No way in shit you trust Seth Brown more than Frank Schwindel. Here, all right, all right. Let's keep playing this game. Frank Schwindel or Mitch Moreland. Mitch Moreland. Frank Schwindel or Chris Davis? Ooh, that's a tough one. Have you seen how shitty Mitch Moreland's doing this year, man? Uh, Yeah, no, I have, but I but he's come up big in big moments this season. Um, Frank well, Schwindel, if, I've not seen it, that. You know, I've, I've been watching a lot of uh, Marvel What If, and I think this is a big what if of the year. It's like if they just gave him a little bit. That's all I'm saying. What do you, so is, Chris Davis be, I would have taken. Would he, was he going to be the next journeyman that comes in the A's? And straight? I don't know. What, if he had Look, helped you, for the rest of the season? I think you probably I will say better than these other guys I just listed off. That's all I'm you're saying. Right, you're right about Seth Brown. They're the same age, so maybe it, I probably would have taken Schwindel because it would have been a different change of pace. Anyway, it doesn't that's matter. All I, no, that's, that's all I wanted to say is I think if – I don't know how his long-term success is going to be. The guy's 29. But – if you would have given a little bit more opportunity, hell, maybe you could have struck the iron a little bit more with that. Anyways, 
Last thing we're going to talk about the Oakland A's news. We kind of hinted at it. The starters have fallen off a cliff. And besides Frankie, we don't know what the hell is going on. Uh, a lot of these guys, we don't have the numbers in front of us, but I'm sure you all know, if you're listening, you've been watching, uh, the rotation has struggled to make it through at least five innings of pitching throughout this whole entire time. Guys who've been pretty reliant throughout the season, such as Cole Irvin, James Caprillion, Sean Manaya. Uh, Sean actually had a pretty nice start last week in uh, Toronto. Mm-hmm. Have regressed hard, and they're not making it even through up to five innings. Uh, is this something that you think is going to be concerned going forward? And like, what would you think are some solutions? I know for myself, it is it is a concern. I think this next week is going to be nice. It's going to be a little bit lighter of a schedule, so you're not going to be going against these really tough teams. But I think that uh, a lot of these guys, this is career high innings. A lot of them have been facing, especially James Caprillion, who's you know had a and history of injuries, finally coming into the majors. Um, Cole Irvin has really haven't had much majors experience outside outside of his time in Philly, so. It'll, it is a little concerning, man. I don't know about you, but I'm a little nervous about that. I'm definitely concerned. Um, my biggest thing is what I've been preaching all year with this pitching staff as a whole. It's the roles. The roles are all over the fucking place. Now, the bullpen roles, I understand. You lose your closer in spring training. You're trying to fucking figure it out on the fly. The starters, it's the exact same thing. You lose your ace to a freak accident. We're trying to figure out what the fuck our roles are. Everybody feels like they need to step up because he's gone. That's just like human nature 101, folks. I know it's like you're probably thinking like, oh, he's just using a classic like sports like uh, uh, like analogy or thought process. Like, oh, yeah, you lose the leader of the team. Like, no, that's like it's just human nature. Like when when our best player goes down, it's my it's like it's it's in coaching. Coaching coaches always say it in football, like next man up. Like you think that you have to step up for the lack of of production from the guy, your best player who's out. That's not what you should be doing. You should just keep trying to do your job and know your role and, and assume that your role is the same. That's the issue, in in my opinion. And on top of that, these guys, uh, you know, getting into this trouble in the fourth inning and being taken out, it's overworking our bullpen, is why it's which I think is part of the reason why our bullpen keeps getting fucking rocked in the eighth inning because they're overworked. So like the la- the lack of role um, uh, identity from the starters is weighing into the bullpen and the bullpen is having to pick up the slack and they're just not well equipped to it. It's just like, it's a, it's a massive train reaction, uh, a domino effect. That's just completely just fucking up the entire pitching staff. And the the worst part about it, Julio is it's coming at a time when our offense has fucking figured it out. Finally, they're, they're hitting the shit out of the ball. They're bringing in runs against good pitchers like Dallas Keuchel today and they just can't get the win because the pitching is fucking it up and it's just again it's a domino effect it sucks and hopefully they can hopefully they can make the playoffs and hopefully they can figure it out in time for the playoffs what would your your solution be if you had it like you know we're not professionals we don't 
at the end of the day, we don't we don't really know how to manage a team. But like, what would you think out of your your hot takingness would help this team? Especially after a start like tonight from Frankie, I would go in the clubhouse and if I was Bob Mills, I'd be like, "Listen, folks, this is your ace. We don't know if Chris is coming back, so this is the man we're riding. If we get into a one game playoff in the wild card game, this is the guy who's starting. Okay, so everybody needs to rally around him." You know your role. Cole, you know who you are. You're the third starter now. Pick up the pace when it comes to game three. James, I know you're a rookie, but you can step up to the plate. There needs to be a conversation about these roles, and it needs to be defined. Guys, our bullpen is getting rocked. We need to go longer. We need to extend these outings a little bit. When you get into trouble, like let's talk about it. Don't freak out. Let, like let's Let's figure out a way to just get these outs and get them quick, okay? We need some leadership on this team, too. That's another thing. I don't know what's happened. I don't know if Elvis has, like, stepped down a little bit. I don't know what the deal is. There's clearly some leadership issues going on with this team, too, because maybe maybe when, when Elvis left for his for – his, it kind of felt like it started here. Uh, when Elvis left for his paternity leave, that's kind of when it felt like the leadership was, like, all over the place, and they kind of started this little bit of a, like, landslide. Um, these other guys need to step up in terms of leadership like that. Uh, but yeah, that, that's what I would do. I mean, but the, I, I, I don't know. I'm not like a, I'm not a professional manager. I think you just made our promotional clip because that was like a fucking great point. I think like that's a huge, like some of these guys. Yeah. I, I, my point I'll get to in a second, but like, I think a part of it's just like some of these guys just don't really know what to expect out of them every, every day anymore without Bassett there. It's like, they're kind of in flux. Um, I was kind of thinking more of like a, I think this now's the time to give the opportunity to kind of some guys in the minors to start doing some spot starts. Cause you're starting to see like a lot of these guys, I think they'll, long term of like a full 162 is getting to them especially with cap who's been so rock solid throughout the year and now he's really hitting a wall in the last month uh there's a name i'd like to throw out there though who recently was uh dfa'd and elected free agency that i i think i'd actually really like to bring him back and it's tanner Rourke. he's he was in the braves minor league system um he's was not doing good at all for them and he would, if you guys don't forgot, uh, he was a part of the ace in 2019. They picked him up from the reds as a part of a trade. He left the ace in the off season in 2020, signed a deal with the blue Jays, uh, was horrible last year for the Jays. And then he was sent over to Atlanta, Atlanta, cut him, uh, throughout the one, two, three, four, five, I want to say 11 starts. He had as an ace, six of those innings or six of those games went at least six innings. So, he knows he knows how to pitch in that park. He has a lot of familiarity with there. Why not kick the tires to at least until you know who knows if Chris Bats is going to come back, but at least just ask just to have some veteran presence in that rotation, somebody who's going to come in and like you said, know their role, know what they need to do, and this might be something that could really push it because like dude, at the end of the day, I it, it, I, I hate this team. I still believe. I still think they they could be in this wild card game at the end of it. I think the division's out of play, but I still think they could. It's just like they gotta line themselves up. They need another vet in there who just can be like the shit's gotta stop. 
I know what we need to do. Like, this is going to be my job to kind of sell it. Even like, look, we're not expecting somebody to go out there and pitch multiple complete games or 10 strikeout games. Just like, do your job. Go in there, six innings, couple runs. You don't need to strike out a ton because you got a great defense behind you. And I think Tanner Roark would be a great solution to kind of work that out. And he'll go to a pitching staff and a coach in a in a in a uh, a strategy that he's familiar with, a ballpark that he has excelled in. I think he had an insane home home record during that run. Um, and and uh, uh, honestly, I mean, just a a a uh, game plan that 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 benefits his style of pitching. Our, the A style of pitching benefit is is completely in line with Tanner Roark, which is the reason why they traded for him a couple years ago. He went three and one at home in those, his two months of the team. You know what, Chris, we should just, no, let's just run the ace. Why not? Let's just run what? Let's just run the team. We figured it out. We figured out the problems. I agree. I mean, we've been saying this for years though. Yeah, that's true. All righty, Chris, let's go ahead and take a break. But when we do come back, we're going to be talking the wild, wild card. Damn it, that didn't work. You know what I was trying to do. That, that. did not that did not work. Good, because I really have to pee. So right, stick cool. around, we'll be right back. Oh. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Um Town Talk Podcast. Brought to you by Around the Diamond. Um Alright, so this segment. Uh we are gonna talk about the American League Wild Card. Um, the reason why we're going to talk about it is because it seems like no one wants to win the American League Wild Card. Um, there is uh, five teams involved right now. Obviously, we are one of those teams. Uh, but everybody has kind of been struggling besides the um, Toronto Blue Jays and the Seattle Mariners. Seattle Mariners a little bit, but Blue Jays are on a seven-game win streak currently right now. Um it kind of started off where the Yankees were on an 11-game win streak, and they kind of shot up to the top, and the Boston Red Sox went on an insane bad run, uh, kind of fell pretty quick. Uh, but those ties have turned quite a bit. Um, but once again, there's five teams involved in the wild card. I will give you those updates right now. Boston is currently in the first team in the wild card, 80-62. Um, and 62. They have a half-game lead on the Yankees, 78-61, and 61, the reason why. There's a big difference in um, the record there is because the Yankees have not played as many games as, a, as the Red Sox, so that is probably subject to a little bit of a change. Uh, Toronto is on a seven-game win streak. They've won nine of their last um, ten. They are 60, sorry, 76 and 62. They are a game and a half behind the Yankees. Seattle is, has won seven of their last ten. They are 76 and 64. They are two and a half games behind the Yankees in that second wild card spot, and then us. At the bottom, 75 and 64, three games behind the Yankees in that second wild card spot. We are 500 in our last 10. Um, quite the uh, quite the boxing match, Julio. It's definitely going to go 12 rounds um, amongst all of us. Like I said, uh, a lot of the uh, main contenders throughout the season, us, the Red Sox and the Yankees, have slid recently, and the um, trending teams are teams that are kind of coming out of nowhere. Uh, besides the Blue Jays, they've kind of always been in it all season, but um, they're starting to make a run. And the Seattle Mariners, who potentially could uh, end their playoff um, streak of, was it 25 years they've been in the playoffs? No, no. I, I think it's, shit, I think it's 20. I think this year's when they 20. won 100 and, 
20 something games back in 2001. 2001. Yeah. So that's the situation right now. I guess the big question is my partner in crime. Does anyone want to win this wild card? To me, it seems like the Blue Jays do. But outside of that, it's just a lot of people looking like Patrick Starr with the 2 by 4 on their forehead with the nail yeah. through it. Because <laughs> everyone's kind of shit in the bed right now, man. And a lot of this reason, it's, it, what's, a lot of the stuff that we've been talking about have been kind of problems for these teams throughout the year are starting to surface. And now, like we would say, like, hey, this has been a thing. Um, for Boston, their rotation really outside of, you know, Chris Bell's, Chris Hill's been pretty solid since he's come back. But, like, outside of that, they're not getting much work tonight. Garrett Richards actually had a pretty solid night tonight. but uh, And they, they did get a win against the Rays. Uh, the Yankees, it's the acquisitions really haven't panned out. Andrew Heaney's been a disaster. Joey Gallo has really came back to earth. And Anthony Rizzo's been fine. Pretty much the only guys who are really carrying that team offensively has been Judge and Stanton, who deserve all the credit in the world. Uh, but outside of that, you're not getting much. And then with the A's, Chris Bassett got hit in the face with a line drive. So what else can you really say about that? And then plus, you know, the, the A's. The I think the A's. Podcast, I think the A's are like the unluckiest team in baseball this last month, in my honest opinion. A little yeah. bias between Bassett between. All of a sudden, the, the saves are getting blown, and then Lorena gets suspended. I was thinking about today during the game, if we don't blow any of those late bullpen um, blown saves in the past week and a half, we're probably in first place in the in the division. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Like not I, I not so. in the wild card, in the division, because we're five games back in the division. That's probably six games that we've blown. Like... And the thing is, too, with the rest of the American League... I'm putting my hands up for those who aren't watching on YouTube. I'm putting my hands up in disgust. You know, they say the dog days of August. Well, it's trickling over to to September because the Astros haven't been great in the last 10. Um, Really, it's just been like Tampa and the Rays are the... Or Tampa and the Jays are the ones really taking over. So for the five teams left, Julio, I'm going to give you the strength of schedules. The Yankees are sixty-one percent, or uh, their strength of schedule is point six one two, which means it's pretty hard. Uh, the Red Sox is point five oh seven, still pretty hard. Mariners getting a little easier, point four nine three. Blue Jays point three nine, and we are sitting at about five hundred. So we're about middle of the pack for strength of schedule. We have some good opponents, some bad opponents. The Blue Jays have a pretty easy. Um, Yankees have a tough road ahead of them. I assume that there's a couple matchups. I actually I do have it with me right here. Look at that. Um, they have the Red Sox and they have the Blue Jays. Um, for the Yankees. Uh, and Cleveland, who is not a bad team. Um, and the Mets. Yeah, that's not easy for them. That sucks for them. Um, so that's where that's at. Uh, do you want the playoff odds now, or do you want me to wait? Do you want to talk about that real quick? Yeah, the Jays are really lining themselves up. They've, you know, they they just swept the A's. They've taken, uh, I believe, two out of three from the Yankees. We should have won. We should have won that series, though. Oh, I'm sorry. They've taken three straight. The Jays are on a six-game winning streak. They should be on a three-game win streak. Um, They're absolutely 
on fire right now, and there's really nothing we can do about it. Yeah. Yeah, six so games. Oh, no, I'm so, Oh, yes, yeah, six in waiting streak. They go again tomorrow. I, I was looking at the wrong schedules. Um, but it's to me, it's like how sustainable is that rest of the rotation going to look outside of Robbie Ray, who's, you know, he's going to be a Cy Young finalist. But it's like, what's the rest of the team going to do outside of that guy? And then um, Anjim Ryu, he's kind of been on and off throughout the year. What are we going to see from him? Rotation's going to be, kind of, or the pin's kind of a problem. But hey, it doesn't matter because when you have guys who are fucking smashing the shit out of the ball, like Vladdy and Marcus and Teoscar Hernandez, or and then Bo Bichette, and then George Springer is not even playing right now. He's hurt. It's like, what's going to happen mm-hmm. when he's back, like Manning center field every day? But is God. he supposed to be back? Oh, no, I'm sorry. He is healthy. But he's he's been de-aging at least throughout the A series. He was de-aging, but it's just like Jesus Christ! Like, where does it stop with that team? So their schedule is interesting to me because according to those those uh, strength of schedule um, percentages, they have an easy one. But they have two series against the Rays, and they end their season in a three game series against the Yankees. They play the Twins twice though, and the Orioles once. So maybe that's why. But oh, Chris, but you forgot we have the end of re- end of regular season is in October. So the last weekend series for the Jays is against those same Orioles. That's probably what it is. Touche. And plus, like, they play multiple teams at the same time. Um, God, they're just... They're scary, man. I'm just going to say... They're, are they, out of all these teams, they I think are. they scare me the most. I wouldn't be yeah. shocked if they just make this crazy-ass run and make because at least like offense, an NLCS. Because their offense never stops. It's like there's never a break. Like, they just have so much power in that lineup. Here's uh, some some um, good news for A's fans. We played two series against the Mariners to end it out. A four-game series and a three-game series. If we can dominate those games, we can make quite the gap between us and them in the playoff standings. thing is, it's not for a couple weeks. But, I mean, that's something to be... And, and, we, play, and we play the Astros twice. That's what scares um, me the most is that Astros series, is that yeah. they've played so poorly against the Astros throughout this whole entire year, and now that Bregman's back, like, like what? It just seems like you know what are we gonna do? Like I hope I'm wrong. I think we're we both hope that we're wrong about that, but it's just like yeah, that's. If it was just anybody else against the Astros in this season, that would be if a our lot rotation, more if our rotation can figure it out, I feel confident in those series. Because our yes. offense is like yes. our offense is back, it feels good and it's back. Like the small ball is working again. Um, people are moving runners up. We're being aggressive on the bases. We have the speed too, so it makes sense that we do it. Um, it's just it the pitching. It, everything's not coming together at the right time. When our pitching's good, our offense sucks. When our offense sucks, our pitching's good. And it's just like we needed. We just need it all to come together. All right, so here are the playoff odds according to Baseball Reference. This was yesterday. The Red Sox are at seventy three point seven percent make the postseason. The Yankees are at sixty seven point four percent. The Blue Jays are at thirty seven point one percent. The A's are at fourteen point nine percent. The Mariners are at nine point five percent. I don't know where they get these playoff odds. They seem pretty flawed to me, in my opinion. Um, very West Coast bias, um, or East Coast bias. Um, but those are the odds according to Baseball Reference. I don't know if they they put in strength of schedule or uh, or 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 what it, what it is. Um, but yeah, 
I wish we um, had a East Coast bias button. And we could just smash it every time. We're like, oh, that, feel, that tastes like it. East Coast bias. Yeah. Yeah. That would be fun. Like an easy We don't button. have the production value yet, Julio. We will get there. We will get there. All right, Chris. Uh, you know, you both. You said we both watch a lot of baseball. We're knowledgeable people. Uh, give us somebody from each of these teams that you think that I would say each team's essential tool, essential tailgate tool for the rest of the month. Like, you know, think obviously you can start off with the like A's. What you did there. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Branding. Um, you know, start off with the A's because that's kind of the easy way. But if you want to kind of take some time, think about the other guys who are going to be really important the rest of the, down the stretch. All right. For the Yankees, Luke Voigt. Love it. So he's been, I think his past week and a half has not been great. But before that, he was on this insane tear. Massive chip on his shoulder. Um, trying to prove himself to be, you know, be the starter over um, Anthony Rizzo. The key to what the moves they made were the depth that they could have and the versatility they could have in the lineup. When he comes at the bat, he needs to make the most of his at bats. Um, uh, so that's mine. What's yours for the Yankees? I was kind of thinking Nestor Cortez because I just kind of seen how he's been pitching lately, and um, mm-hmm. I think it's really solid. But really, it's a Raldis Chapman. Uh, it just oh, really, yeah. The Schlatters have really it's rubbed off on me hard with him, and this team is mm-hmm. significantly better when you can feel confident with him in every single time he's out there. And, you know, we saw it today. He gave up a nuke to Vladdy Jr. And, you know, if he's not confident in himself, he can go out there. They're not the contending team that they want to be. So if once he kind of figures that the his shit out and he's not really going to be giving up these bombs like he does, it seems like all the time, that's the key to success. It all comes down to him. It all comes down to that pan. And without, when he is the guy who is leading it, you know, everybody else falls in line. The domino effect happens. It's uh, so next. hard to trust our oldest Chapman if he's on your I team. Know. I know. It's it, so it, hard. It's, you throw so hard, but got so far. And in the end, it doesn't really matter, Chris. Yeah. Uh, for Boston, uh, I'm going to say, talked about him earlier. I think Chris Sell, if anybody's really kind of want to keep the same rhythm as I was saying with like Raldis Chapman, which is like you're going to be the person who kind of like brings up and starts the leadership of whatever group you're leading. So if he goes out there and kind of continues, you know, he's not completely lights out, but he's been pitching at a pretty successful level since he's come back from the IL. And if he can kind of maintain that, and if he can kind of influence the other guys in rotation, I think that's something that's really going to help them going forward. So we'll see about that. Who are you thinking? Um, hold on. I want, to this to pull up because I want to make sure that I have this correctly. Okay, yeah, he's still yeah, okay. Xander Bogarts how is he going to respond to coming back from COVID? Can he handle it? Is he going to be, is he going to be you know, is his everything about his health going to be okay? Um, Is he going to be the same guy that he was before he left, which is one of the best shortstops in baseball? Um, He's the leader of this team. Um, I think that you know, his play is so crucial. Him endeavors the way that they play on that team. is just so crucial to the way that that team just operates and the way their offense moves because they're the, the two best players. So if he's not right, I would be very concerned if I was a Boston fan. Yeah. 
Mariners. Julio, who's your Mariners pick? We are two Mariners, our ship's sole survivors. Do you know that song? No. I'd have to hear more lyrics. So sing Stuck inside the belly of the whale. Decemberist? No. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, well, this just got awkward. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Yusei Kukuchi. Uh, the lone all-star for the Mariners this year. This is a super young team. Like an extremely young team that I think the most veteran guys are like Mitch Haniger and like Kyle Seeger. Kyle Seeger's been... I'm aggressively shaking my head up and down. Uh, Kyle yes. Seeger has just won, been freaking awesome this year. He's so 30 good. plus home runs. He's better been than fantastic. His brother. He's better than his brother right now. And we thought we always saw it as the other way around for a few years. But uh, Yusei Kikuchi has been rock steady throughout the year for the Mariners. Like I mentioned, he was the sole um, all star for the team. And I'm, I'm the firm believer, I already mentioned it before with Chris Sell, but I'm going to kind of repeat it again with Kikuchi. He is kind of like the leader of said rotation. Um, his ERA's jumped up a little bit since the all-star appearance that he's had. But I think if he kind of falls line, he's kind of going to pitch to the best of his abilities. With how electric this offense has been with Seager and Haniger, Um It looks like Jared Kellenick's kind of picking up. Ty France is on freaking fire right now. Uh, he would be kind of the main cog to kind of keep this thing going, to kind of steer the ship as a Mariner does. There we go. Uh, Chris, what about yourself? Uh, mine is going to be Kyle Seager because of because of all the things that you said about him uh, and the team. Like, that's a young team, and they need veteran leadership, and I think that's so important, especially for a team making its first playoff run in a long time. Kyle Seager's, Seager's been there a long time as well. Um, he you know they they need they need a leader especially i mean he's really stepped up this season as a leader on the field i don't know enough about their franchise to know what he's done in the clubhouse but i think he's a very essential to the success of their team he needs to keep doing what he's doing he needs to hype up these guys give them confidence not let them think about the moment too much and just let them play some goddamn baseball so for me it's Kyle Seager <clears throat> with the Toronto Blue Jays I feel like it was almost sound like a, a draft pick. Toronto, I'm going to take um, George Springer for the sake of he's been there. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Oh, you got to think about the guy. Sorry. I, I, uh, I'll, I'll think of someone else. For the sake of um, he's been there before. You know, the guy's been – he was a World Series MVP. He's been to two World Series, been to numerous playoff games. He's – if this team filled of just a bunch of kids is really going to – you know, throughout this really contentious, tumultuous, like tumultuous end to the season, he and Marcus are going to be the two guys who are going to like really steady it, keep everybody calm. Um, but also his productivity, if you have him at the top of the lineup, like you, you talked about earlier, mm-hmm. there's really no, um, there's no breaks, man. Like where yeah. are you going to, where are you going to have a break in this lineup where you're like, Oh, I can pitch around, uh, Teoscar Hernandez. Oh, I can't. Great. Cool. Well, and because of that, I think like he's really going to be the one to push them in the postseason. So, George Springer. All right. Uh, I'm going to go with the obvious one then. Um, it's their MVP, uh, Vlad Guerrero Jr. Um, what helps you win um, in the dog days of, of, uh, of the fall, I guess you could say, and in the playoffs um, and in clutch situations? It's your star. 
It's starting pitching and your star players. Um, think about the run that the Nationals had in their in their World Series run. Giovanni Soto stepped up in those big moments. He carried that team. It wasn't Anthony Rendon who was their best player that year. It was their star player, their future star. I mean, Anthony Juan Rendon Soto. Was good Juan player. Soto. Did I say Giovanni? Whoops. Juan Soto. Yeah. Um. It, uh. It's it's so when it was Juan Soto, it's got to be it's got to be Vlad Guerrero. Young kid. Let's see if he can step up to the moment. Let's see if he can produce. Um. So I'm gonna go with him. I'm gonna go with the obvious one since you took mine. Jesus Christ! What an obscure player to name in Giovanni Soto. I mean, for four no, I get great. You're not wrong there. That's oh my yeah. God, that's a pull. That is a pull. Lastly, let's let's go with our boys. For me, uh, I, I'm kind of going to kind of talk about something that our our dude Martin Gallegos brought up, and I'm going to say Jan Gomes, dude. Uh, Jan Gomes, since he's come over mm-hmm. and he's pitched with Frankie, or he's been catching Frankie. Frankie was pretty solid before he got here post All Star break, but he's really turned it to the next level. I think, especially if we're gonna kind of roll with this inexperience of this rotation, you're gonna need the veteran to really guide them through. And I really do think this team is much better. You know, no offense to Murph right now. Uh, I think this team is much better with Jan behind the plate to just kind of, you know, calm down those the vets or the young kids. Um, show them, you know, when it comes to certain matchups, how to work with them. He's going to be really caught behind that piece because right now this rotation's falling apart. So Jan's going to be the one to piece together the rest of the month. Speaking of Frankie, minus Frankie, for all the reasons I said in the first half of this podcast, our ace is gone for now. We'll see what happens. He was throwing on the field the other day. It looked pretty good. Our ace is gone. We need to find a new one. Who's been our best pitcher in the second half of the season? Frankie Montas. We need to rally around him. We need to establish the roles of these other young starters. We need to know our identity going into this run. If Frankie can lead this staff both on and off the field, which he's more than capable of doing. You see him in the in the dugout fucking around with Shamanai and everybody. He is like he's like a he's a, a, a clubhouse favorite. Everybody everybody loves to hang out with Frankie in the dugout. If he can do that, I think this team will be successful. And I think that our starters can go late in innings, our bullpen can get some rest, and we can use the crucial guys at the end of games that we need to use in order to close out these games. And the offense needs to keep going. But I'm not as worried about the, I'm pretty confident in the offense, knock on wood if you're with me, pretty confident in the offense in the past couple games, what I've seen. Because they've been doing the same thing they've been doing all second half of the season, playing small ball. Just it's finally working. They're finally getting on base. They're finally like getting those hits and taking advantage of of the situations that the, the pitchers have given them. Um, getting ahead in the count. That's the that's the main point of of what, that is not what they've been doing on that terrible offensive run. They were getting behind in the count. If you can get ahead in the count, you can fuck with the pitcher's head a little bit. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, it's it's Frankie because he needs to lead the staff. Um, to hopefully the wild card at least. All right, before we finish, Chris, it is October fifth. Yeah, October fifth. I got the day right. It's October fifth. Who is the AL wild card game? Who is in it? Give me your your biased, obviously, and then what do you think the realistic one's going to be? I think my bias one, because it'd be so much fun, would be the Mariners and the A's. 
That'd be so much fun. To give a chef's kiss. That'd be so much fun. But I think realistically, I think the Yankees host this game. I don't see them. They're just too good. I just don't see them in in not in the wild card. Um, and I think I think I think we can host it. I look, the Blue Jays are on a great run, but based on the series against us, I'm not too confident in like what they're doing. Like their record, I think, is a mirage of what they're doing because they got lucky in two of those three games. Very lucky. We just blew it. It's not like they it's like and they and they had to come back by quite a lot. I think we were up by six runs in that in that first game. We were up by four runs in the second game. Like, come on. That like their your your record and your your split in the last ten games is a mirage. I'm not I'm not convinced on that. Um Red Sox are My, down. Mariners are I don't know. I still think we're better than Mariners, but yeah. I think we're playing the Yankees in the Bronx. Um I agree with you with the bias. I'd love a, if we get an AL West wild card. So much that'd fun. be such a middle finger to everyone. And and I oh my god, that'd be so awesome. Who wouldn't love that? Awesome. Oh, actually, I know a lot of people wouldn't love that. Uh, realistically, though, I think it's going to be. <sighs> Don't hate me. I think it's going to be Red Sox Jays. I think the A's are going to miss. What about the Red Sox? Do you think that? would get them there um i i think they're the steadiest team out of they've been the steadiest team throughout the bunch throughout the season yes they've fallen off yes the rotations kind of hit the shits a little bit but i think they've kind of been pretty even killed throughout this year and i think i think they're not going to advance i'll tell you that but I think they're just going to be subpar enough where they're just going to maintain the ship and keep going. Especially if Matt Barnes is on COVID IL. If he can come back and not blow games anymore, that'll help them out a lot. Um, and plus, like their strength of schedule, I think they were around the 500 yeah, level they, as well. Yeah, they got it easy. They got it easy. They yeah. play the Orioles twice and they play the Mets and the Yankees. Look, oh, just and, give us a world uh, where either... Yeah, Either the Yankees or the Red Sox are not in it. Or if 2021 really wants to treat us well, both of those teams aren't in it. I don't know, man. The Jays have to play the Rays twice. I wouldn't be Rays shocked twice. if by the time they do play... But if I wouldn't be shocked if by the, team, the time they do play the Rays, the Rays just have nothing to play for. And they're like, yeah, go ahead. Well, they, they, play the Rays, then- they play the Rays once next week. And then again the following week. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And they have to play the Yankees, who do have something to play for. I, I don't know, man. I, I'm honestly not a huge seller on the have nothing to play for um, thing either. Because, like, especially if you're a team going to the playoffs, and let's say you have, let's say you have the lead going into six games left. You're not going to just like coast going into the playoffs. No, you like you want your momentum to carry into the playoffs. So you're not just you're going to still keep playing. I don't know. I'm not sold on that personally. That's just me. But I I no, Alrighty. Look, I di- I dig what you're saying. Uh, yeah. Uh upcoming schedule talk. Let's time to go bring bring it on back to Oakland A's baseball. Uh they have a three-game series this coming weekend against the Texas Rangers. Followed by another three-game series against the Kansas City Royals. A pretty favorable schedule of this next week. Uh, you know, knock on wood if you're with me. They they should 
be able to take a majority of these games, but it, they're kind of extremely unpredictable right now. So we shall see. Chris, not a lot to talk about in terms of success in this last week, but who would you say would be your player of the week from this last week? Frankie Manta. Talking a lot about him. But you know what? It's because he's kicking that ass. And he kicked that ass today. Uh, when you go uh, seven innings strong, you get my player of the week um, off of a, a couple solid starts. He's been the only good sign of our pitching staff in the past uh, two weeks or a week and a half. So I'm going with Frankie. Who's yours? I'm going to go with their new leadoff hair hitter. I was saying new leadoff Harrison. Huh. Josh Harrison, man. Uh, in the last week, he batted 300. He got nine killing it. hits I love it. and 30 at-bats. He scored five times, six run, or six singles, three doubles. Um, I think the one thing that he could probably work on a little bit more is just kind of the, the plate discipline that like Canna has. Yeah. And I think if he can kind of do that, just kind of be the real job of being a leadoff hitter and just taking those pitches... It could really pull him to the next level because, dude, I love this. I love Josh Harrison so much, and I'm going to be super depressed if and when he does leave this team. So we got to take these moments where we have it. But Josh Harrison, keep it up, man. I think he's going to be a real important part of the year. Uh, I don't think it's unrealistic that we could re-sign him, but um, it's probably not realistic. Uh, Our essential tools, we were, you know, we didn't record last week, so we're going to talk about the two. We don't have the stats in front of us, but... Look, the names are going to say itself. Uh, Chris had Lou Trevino. I had Mitch Moreland. Water under the bridge. That was a mulligan. And we're going to start over fresh with this week. Um, Chris, do you have anybody in mind off the top of your head? Who's going to be your essential tailgate tool of the week? Yeah, Yusmera Petit. Um, Sorry, I'm um, looking down for these polls. Uh, Yusmera Petit. Um, we need some middle relief help. Um, he's been Mr. Reliable for the past three seasons on this team. Need him to get, to get back to form. He struggled a little bit in the last few outings. Um, so we just need help, dude. And you've always been there to fucking clean it up. So just get back here, bro. We just need you, bro. We just need you. Yes, Maripati is my essential take of two of the week. I hope that he steps up to the plate. Who was yours? Uh, it's going down. I'm yelling Pinder. Uh, look, folks. I'm, I'm so gonna be. Much. He had a great hit today. Yeah, so. I, I'm. I'm going to con- have a confession to our listeners here. Uh, over this last couple weeks since he's been back up, I've really thought about like because of the role Josh Harrison and and Tony Kemp have been filling in over this last really since they since the Harrison trade happened. Uh, I thought Chad Pender was a little expendable. Um. I think his really best things is he's an awesome fielder and he's arguably our third best outfielder when he's healthy. But like offensively this, I know he's been hurt, but he just hasn't been, he's, he's a one sixty-nine hitter in the time he's been in this lineup tonight. He had a triple. So I'm hoping this is kind of a turn and uh, turn the page moment for him where he can kind of get his confidence bat confidence back with his bat. And I hope because of the injury, not really hope, but um, because of the injury, injuries, I think this is a time for him to really show like how important he actually is to this offense when he is healthy. 
So because of that, I think Chad Pender, Central Tiger Tool of the Week, keep an eye out on him, and please don't let me down. It's going down. We're yelling, Pinda. We made a move. We're here to dance. Great song. All right. I was going to sing, Don't Let Me Down. I, I don't know why that I had to do. Oh. Because I said, Don't Let Me Down. Got it. Got it. I mean, great Beatles song. Classic. Oh, yeah. Killer. Uh, all right, Julio. Let's uh, update the polls. Um, the magic polls. We uh, we uh, we didn't poll so much um, the week before last. So I was looking for him, but you know we didn't do. You know it, there wasn't a lot to catch up to. If that makes sense. We did have a couple, but I got. I don't right think here. there was. I think. Okay, go ahead. Go for it. But there. But before that, like the long, the latest I found was September first. Um, I went all the way back to October 23rd. Nothing. Um, so Chris Davis had just rejoined the team. How many home runs will Chris Davis hit in September? 37% of the, uh, of the polls. Wow. 37% of the audience said one to five. Not too keen on that. Uh, 30% said six to 10, but you know, I would say that was a bad guess. All right. Scrolling up here. All right. <laughs> we deleted a poll. Do you remember what the original poll was? It was something like like who oh who will be the most uh, productive September call up? And we read a I read some a fake news. Uh, yeah, we got that played. said Buddy Reed would be in it. So uh, we're gonna ignore that. Who who do you like to be? Uh, oh, sorry, who would you have liked to have seen called up? Sixty five point six percent of the audience said Nick Allen. A little shocking he didn't get called up. I agree. Um, 28% said Buddy Reed, but I don't think he's healthy, so it doesn't matter. Scrolling up here. Uh, almost th- almost there, Dano. Get it? I wish we had some, like, pole music. Um, I'm going to work on that. Hold on. You had a bunch of polls this week. <laughs> Well, don't. I mean, if I find it now, you're no. now you're singing over it. How dare you judge right. my singing? All right, there we go. Who's going to be the next member of Cooperstown to represent the A's? Fifty-eight point eight percent of the audience said Billy Bean. Uh, I don't think there's really any. Even though there was a couple of people who did mention, you made uh, it veteran very committee. broad. Because we, I, who, well, who really, player-wise, who's going to go in next? No, I don't think I there's know. anybody in my lifetime, our lifetimes, are going to be getting in anytime soon. No, I soon. know, I know. So he like he, so Julio's options were the Bash Bros era, which got twenty three point five percent. That's not going to happen. Steroids, uh, Moneyball era, fourteen point one percent, and then Billy Bean was fifty eight point eight percent. He pretty much dominated that poll. Eighty five votes. Good job. Um, I was going to say though, somebody brought up. Uh, a potential like veteran committee, Burt Campanarius, and then I replied like, or like you know, Burt uh, Veterans Committee Vita Blue, and he was like, oh shit, yeah, they both could. So you know, fingers crossed, maybe we can make a petition or something going for them. Touche. So this poll is only three hours old, but I think we can set it and say it's done. What team is more depressing to be a fan of, the A's or the U.S. Men's National Team? 
69.1% of the audience said the A's. 69, my favorite number, Julio. Fun fact. I disagree hard with that. Not with your 69, cool for you, but um, <laughs> at, at least the no, A's have it's something. Definitely, it's definitely Team USA. Yeah, like what the hell do they show have to show? At least the A's in our lifetimes have been like consistently winning and, and going to the playoffs. And although, at least I can say the A's have won a World Series since I've been born. Although, Julio, this season might be the 2018 World Cup of the United States men's national team. They might miss the playoffs completely. We can't think that way, though. But, yeah, it's yes. it's you. It's U.S. men's national team. They fucking missed a play. They missed a World Cup. At least the A's are. And in the how playoffs. many teams go to the World Cup every year? Thirty-two. Uh, it used to be twenty-four, but it's about to be extended to. No, not twenty-four. Yeah, twenty-four. It's about to be. Ex- or no, I can't remember. It doesn't matter. I'm wrong. On I, I'm. I don't know. I'm wrong though. It's not twenty-four. It's more either way. It's the U.S. national. It's, it's about that, to be extended to forty-two. I think or forty. That's more depressing. Is rooting for if you're <clears throat> one of your top choices teams in life is the U.S. men's soccer team. You got a lot of life to think about. I mean, the world's number one sport. A lot more teams play that sport. Just saying, a lot more people. Anyway, those are the polls. Don't forget to vote on our polls because they're fun. Vote early and vote often. Uh, all right, Julio. Any uh, final last comments? Uh, one, make sure to follow us on Twitter at the Town Tailgate. Boom. Follow our dudes at, at Around the Diamond on Twitter as well. Wherever you get your podcasts, like, subscribe, whether it be Apple Music, Spotify, Google Play, and YouTube. And last but not least, I got to give a quick shout out to this nifty little shirt I got right here. Um, baseball's last dive bar. Make sure to, if you're an Oakland A's fan, support the shit out of these guys. Not only do they put out a lot of great merch. Chris, do you have your mug on hand by any chance? I don't. I went ah. with the, I fucked up. I went with the black cup today. But anyways, um, not oh, only but I got the sticker it, right here. Hey, hey, look. Hey, me too. Look at that. Hey. Yeah. Um, not only do, do they do a lot of great stuff in terms of merch for A's fans, they do a lot of amazing things for the A's community. The community they recently donated, I want to say, um, like $1,500 over to the Child uh, child Cancer Preservation Fund that was going on as a part of like Child Cancer Awareness last night in Oakland. So keep supporting them. You guys are the best. We love what you do. So just want Our boy Brian the Kingpin over there, that's his That's his homies. So, yeah. Um, fuck. I wanted to say something, but I forgot. Oh. No, I can't remember. God damn it. It was when you were talking about... Refresh my memory really quick, just before we go. You were talking about following us on these platforms and doing... Oh! Hey, we're going to start doing some green rooms and some Twitter... Oh, uh, hell, hey, yeah, you thought of it. Cool. And some Twitter live stuff. Uh, we're going to try and collaborate. I know we know Jay, our boy Jason does a lot of that, so we're going to start doing some more stuff of that. So we'll tweet that out when we do that and listen to those. Those should be fun. Join us. Especially green room, you can talk with us and hang out with us. So, we're gonna do some more stuff of that, some like game wrap ups, maybe some live watching the game stuff. Um, so look out for that shit. Um, that's gonna do it for today's for this week's podcast. We'll see you next week. Um, hopefully, we'll have something more fun to talk about next week because uh, we won't be depressed that our team's losing. Last but not least, Julio. Frankie says, "Relax," and. Okay. 
Let's go, Oakland. Bye. The Town Tailgate is an independently produced podcast. It is written and executive produced by this guy, Chris Madrigal, and my partner in crime, Julio Reynoso. It is sound mixed and edited by yours truly. Social media management and marketing is run by, once again, my partner, Julio Reynoso. And a special thanks and shout out to my brother, Larry Madrigal, for composing and producing our theme song, as well as graphic designing our album cover and artwork. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Please tune in next week. Please subscribe. And last but not least, as we always say, let's go Oakland.